Hey everyone, and welcome to the Devin Carroll Show. I'm your host, Devin, and this show is all about simplifying the complicated Social Security rules so you can use them to your advantage and get every dollar benefit that you deserve. If you'd like to ask me a question, we record every Thursday, 12 o'clock Central. That number is 903-400-4848. On today's show, we talk to Willard, who wants to know how his old earnings will be inflated and if his new earnings will add any to his Social Security benefit. Then Michael wants to know if his 54-year-old wife can get a benefit when he files, and then Mordecai wants to make sure that he and his wife are going to get the upcoming cost of living adjustment. Plus, there's a whole lot more too, so let's get it started. And up next, we have Dale in New York. Hey, Dale. Good afternoon. I uh, watched all of, a lot of your videos for the past few years. Um, Fantastic. I'm 62 next year. Um, and first question is, have you heard anything about the national average wage index? Any new information? of Is it going down? Is it going up? Or what's going on? Because that determines a lot for me next year. Right. So the national average wage index for 2020 has not been released. Not yet. We're waiting on that. Probably going to be sometime in October before that comes out. October. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. Um, another question is spousal benefits, which I just kind of discovered from one of your videos, and I'm a little confused. Okay. Like I said, I'm going to be 62 next year. All right. My wife is going to be 68 next year. She's already collecting on her Social Security based on her earnings, and she filed early at 62. Okay. According to your video, she could collect on my spousal benefit because I'm not collecting now. Um, so when I go and apply, whenever that is, she could start collecting on my spousal benefit based on my wages and everything else over the time. My question is, is there only one primary insurance amount, i.e. the one that is at age 67 for me? Um, so no matter when I start collecting, that amount doesn't really change at all. There's that one amount. And then if I'm taking a penalty, she still gets to use that 67, age 67 for me amount. And it's calculated off of that dollar amount without penalty. And since she's already collecting and she's going to be 68, she's over her um, full retirement age. Right. Okay. So when she'd be collecting. Uh, let, me, let me see if I can clear the waters a little bit about how a spousal benefit is actually calculated. And then uh, that may lead to... Um, some questions that'll make sure you get the information you need. So if you think about your benefit, how much is your full retirement age benefit? 2,900. Okay. So right now with, with the average wage index being up in the air, according right. to the website, it's saying 2,900. Okay. All right. So $2,900. So you know, based on that, that your lower earning spouse can receive a total benefit for up to $1,450, right? Okay. So how much is she receiving right now? Uh, about 1100 Okay. Um, that I'd, and, and she filed at 62 Yep. Okay. So here's the way well, this... Well, and then she's had her increases over time. Right. You know, for the past five, six years of, you know, the colas and that kind of stuff. Gotcha. So that wasn't her original amount. It's what she's getting for the 2021. Okay. So here's the way you'll calculate if she's even going to be eligible for a spousal benefit. You take one half of your full retirement age benefit, okay. subtract her full retirement age benefit, and the amount left over is the spousal payment. Okay. Plain and simple. 
And then each okay. of those are reduced based on filing age. So if there's $100 left over for the spousal benefit, you know that she's 68 now. There is no reduction. There's no increases either, but she's going to be able to get that full $100 added on to her benefit amount. Okay. That's great. That's what I thought it was saying, but it, I wasn't sure if the PIA gets recalculated and then it goes down from there well, because of me filing early or no. something like that. But no, not for you filing early. They use the... They use that one, however it falls out, at age 67 for me, which will be determined basically after October when they determine the average wage index and all of that and the bend points. Yeah, when they recalculate that. So you're turning 62 this year? Uh, next year. Next, next year. Okay. Yep. yep. So you're you're absolutely right. That, um, that could have an impact. But, you know... We we think some of that has moderated uh, in, until it until it's announced. We really don't know what the impact is going to be. Okay. Yep. Perfect. All right. All right. Thank you, Dale. Thank you for calling. Have a great day. All right. You as well. Hey, before we go into the next caller, this show is brought to you by the National Association of Registered Social Security Analysts. Now, you already know that the Social Security system is obscure. It's hard to navigate, and at times, it can seem impossible to understand how the rules apply to you and your unique circumstances. And that's why I recommend working with an advisor that has the RSSA designation to help you build a plan to optimize the benefits you and your family will receive. In the description, there's a link where you can schedule a free consultation with my team of RSSAs. And if you're a financial advisor, tax advisor, or any other professional who works with individuals on their financial life, the RSSA designation will give you the training and tools necessary to become the go-to Social Security advisor in your area. There's also a link in the description where you can find out more about getting the RSSA designation. So now let's head back to the phones. And up next, we have Michael in Tennessee. Hey, Michael. Hey, how are you doing? Fantastic, Thank you for taking sir. my call. Oh, you are welcome, sir. How can I help? I am 63. I applied for SSA and SSDI at the same time at age 62. Okay. I, I was awarded SSDI. My wife will does now receive child in care benefit because our daughter is a disabled adult child. She's called, they call it a DAC. Yes, sir. I were to pass, what would happen to my wife's benefits and my daughter's? My wife is only 54. And if any time between now and when she's eligible, what is it, 62? I well, think she can get a spouse. I don't know these questions, yep. sir. Yep. So for, for a survivor benefit, the minimum eligibility age is age 60, unless you are taking care of a child that uh, either a taking care of a child or a, a disabled adult child that was disabled before the age of 22. So in this case, if you were to pass away, the benefit your wife would receive would be the full survivor benefit and your daughter's benefit would increase to 75% instead of the 50 that she's currently receiving. And that's as a percentage of your full retirement age benefit. Okay, so I really don't know what my full retirement age benefit would have been. Well, it's, it's likely the amount you're, it's uh, Michael, it's, it's likely the amount you're receiving as a disability benefit. Okay. That is. So my wife would be what I'm receiving now. You did a concurrent filing. So you filed for retirement benefits and disability benefits at the same time. 
How many months was it before they awarded you disability benefits? Five months. Okay. And so what they did for your disability benefit is they took your full retirement age benefit and they effectively acted as if you had filed five months early. And that's the disability benefit that you're pay, they're paying you. Uh, so roughly in that range is the amount that your spouse's benefit as a, um, she'll receive as a child and care benefit and your daughter will receive as a disabled adult child. So it's at 100% and 75%. Well, it's correct? yes, but there's a, there's a family benefit maximum limit that applies, um, even for survivor benefits and for disability benefits, that's actually 150%. So, uh, you know, your, your spouse and your daughter will actually split that. So they would probably both be receiving 75% of your full retirement age. Whereas if that was a retirement benefit you were receiving when you passed away. So for example, if you pass away um, after full retirement age, what year were you born, Michael? 1957. Okay. So your full retirement age is 66 and six months months, maybe eight yes, months. I'd yes. have to stop and think about that for just a second. All right. So if you pass away well, after that thing. point, that's going to be a retirement benefit. Um, and and okay. then the family benefit maximum is slightly different, but that's getting out in the weeds. Just know that if you pass away, your daughter and your wife will be able to continue to receive a benefit. Yes, sir. Okay. I didn't know what with life insurance policies and everything. I didn't know whether to buy more or what, yes, what sir. to do. I actually, stuck in a, between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. Thank you, sir. You are welcome, Michael. Thank you for calling. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. All right. Have a great day. And up next is Mordecai in South Carolina. Hey there. Uh, hi, Devin. Uh, thank you uh, for taking my call. You are welcome. Thank you for calling. I have uh, two questions. Uh, I plan on retiring early at 62 next year. And right now, my statement from Social Security is saying uh, I'll be, uh, the estimate is $2,273 per month. And my question is, if the COLA increase is as high as I'm hearing, maybe 6%, would I be getting that increase uh, also? Or is there some other uh plan that I would be under in terms of how, how, how increases happen. So you're, you're 61, you plan to retire at 62. When will you turn 62? Uh, uh, end of May next year. End of May next year. Okay. So next year is going to be the year you start to receive cost of living adjustments. So if I look at my statement now and I see the 2273, I can't, I, I should not assume that just say the cost of living for going from this year to next year for the, for, for normal social security um, that folks are getting it now, I don't, I can't assume that I, I could just tag on six percent on top of that and expect that to be my amount at at uh, sixty two. Is that correct? Roughly speaking, yes. So the the cost of living adjustment that we are seeing is uh, that that we've been talking about the one that everybody's so excited about a six percent cost of living adjustment. That is the uh, that is going to be the twenty twenty two cost of living adjustment, which is the year you attain age 62, at which point that cost of living adjustment starts to apply. Now, the way they apply that cost of living adjustment is they're going to take your full retirement age benefit times the cost of living adjustment. They're going to increase it by that cost of living adjustment. And then they're going to do the subtraction for filing early. But roughly speaking, the end result is going to be that your age 62 with 6% added is going to be almost the same amount. But just so you know the okay. math behind the way they do that COLA, they're going to take your full retirement age, add the COLA, subtract filing early. Got it. 
Okay, and the other question is, my wife will be um, applying for spousal benefits about the same time. She'll be 63. What can I expect? How would I calculate what an estimate of what she would get? Does she have a benefit from her own work record? No, no, she, she no, she does not. None she, at all. She's pretty much been a stay-at-home mom. That's correct. Okay, all right. So the uh, the reduction factors for a spousal benefit, and and you can find an easy to read chart on the Social Security website or on my website, Social Security Intelligence, uh, that'll that'll have the numbers on there. But um, it's twenty five thirty sixth of one percent per month reduction for the first thirty six months. Now I know that gets out in the weeds a little bit. So here's the let me give you the um, to be sixty three. What's her date of birth? Uh, it's uh, May. Well, the uh, month, the, just the year is fine. Okay, all right. Nineteen fifty nine. So with a date of birth of nineteen fifty nine, that's going to put her full retirement age uh, sixty six and ten months. So roughly, if you just want to do a rough approximation, you'll know that right. her spousal benefit is going to be about thirty five percent of your full retirement age benefit. Got it. Okay. And Deb, if I could ask one more question, I forgot to ask, tell the screener about. Sure. Yeah. Uh, if I'm, re- if I plan on retiring or, or taking social security at 62 and my birthday is the end of May next year, do I, re- do I apply like on May one or the June one or what timing do I, do I need to apply? Uh, you know, I would go in in March, early April or not go in, do it online and just tell them what the effective date you want to make that is. That's the month of election. MOE is what they call it within the Social Security office. But you can specify when you want that benefit to start. Okay, Devin, thank you so much. And and by the way, I really appreciate the great service you're doing with all the videos, all the help that you've given us. It it is greatly appreciated. Oh, you're welcome. Well, thank you so much for those kind words. Thanks. Have a good day. All right. You as well. Bye-bye. And up next is Chris in Washington. Hey, Chris. Hi, Devin. Lovely to speak to you. You as well. I'm 60. My full retirement age is 67. And I was not planning on taking Social Security until 69 or 70, if I could. But I'm just learning about the hold harmless provision of Social Security when you have Medicare taken out. But you have to have been drawing Social Security prior to 65 when you sign up for Medicare. Okay. And so I'm wondering... If I should wait, sign up for Social Security at, at, you know, like 64 and 11 months or something. Okay. So then you're talking about signing up for Social Security for the explicit purpose of being covered by the hold harmless provision. Yes. And okay. Um, and, the, 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 the thing I'm learning is that the, the 70% of people are already on Medicare, are already on Social Security, and they have this hold harmless. So when Medicare increases, the 30% that are not on Social Security are having to um, make up that difference for the, uh, for the 70% that are. Is that wrong? No, that's, that's not wrong. Um, that, that's actually correct, and it's something that you know, we've talked about for year to year. So let's go back and talk about this hold harmless agreement for a minute. Um, okay. Just for, for those viewers and listeners who don't know what the hold harmless is, That is just a provision that says that increasing Medicare premiums cannot reduce your Social Security benefit. So, for example, if the if there's no cost of living adjustment, for example, but we do see an increasing Medicare premium, well, you can't get a lower Social Security benefit next year because premiums went up. 
there's a hold harmless uh, provision in place that prevents that from happening. Uh, but what Chris is asking us about here is how do I make sure I'm covered by that hold harmless? Because if you haven't filed for Social Security yet, you're not. And there's a few other reasons that you wouldn't be covered by the hold harmless either. So, for example, if you had high income and the income related monthly adjustment amount applied to you, you would not be covered by the hold harmless agreement. If you were doing some sort of restricted application where you were on survivor's benefits only, I don't believe it would apply to you um, in that scenario either. So there's there's a few ways that uh, this could be an issue. Now, fouling, though, for the explicit purpose of, of kind of putting the block behind the tires of Medicare so it doesn't roll over you like a truck, I, I generally, I haven't been able to make a, a good argument for that. There have been years in the past where we thought Medicare premiums are about to skyrocket and they are going to get uh, the, the, the majority of that cost is going to be borne by the individuals who aren't covered by the hold harmless provision. Um, right. So we've, we've thought that in years past, and it's just never happened. There's been some things legislatively that have pushed back down the cost of Medicare. Um, but I, I don't think they're going to let these premiums just skyrocket on individuals. And I uh, certainly don't think that it's worth filing early if you can afford to wait to file later, just so you can lock in those Medicare premiums. And I think maybe filing later will make up for some of the increases, but I don't know. Health and you know, health insurance and healthcare, man, that's just the, the wild west. Yeah. 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 If we look at how much it's okay. changed over the last 10 years and, you know, if we make an assumption that it could change anywhere close to this over the next 10, then who knows, right? But yeah. by filing early for Social yeah. Security, you're taking a, you're really putting your money down on the fact that you think yeah. premiums are going to go up and you want to get some protection. Uh, if you're one of those yeah. ones who can wait about filing, I just think that's a, that's a chance I wouldn't be willing to take. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have a couple of years to think about. I'm just learning all of it now. So yes. Thank you for uh, answering that question. You are more than welcome, Chris. Thank you for calling. Okay. I see. And up next, we have Joey in Indiana. Hey, Joey. Hi, how are you? Fantastic. How are you doing? Just fine. Thanks for taking the call. You are welcome. How can I help you? Okay. Uh, I was uh, married for 18 years, and then we got divorced. I make just a smidge over $1,000 a month on Social Security. My ex-husband, he makes $1,800 a month. Should something happen to him after I reach full retirement uh, age of 66 and four months, I'm still 65. I In March, I'll turn 66, and then I have four months after that to be full retirement age. Uh, should something happen to him, can I at that time file and get the difference between my thousand up to the eighteen hundred, and I'll be able to draw the eighteen hundred that he uh, is making? So, Bob, something happened to him. You're talking about if he dies, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Trying to be nice. I understand. I understand. Um, so, you were married for eighteen years. So, you've met the length of marriage requirement. Have you remarried? Correct. No. Okay. Then yes, you, you absolutely would. You would qualify at, for a survivor benefit if. He dies. Okay. All right. And even at I this point, make sure that it would, even at this point, if you get remarried, you're still going to be able to qualify for that survivor benefit because of your age. Okay. Well, that's what I wanted to know. And I appreciate you answering that question for me. You are welcome, Joey. Well, thank you for calling. 
you provide things. You provide a wonderful service to everybody. Thank oh, you. it's just Bye-bye. good audience members like you that make it possible. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. And up next, we have Kent in Texas. Hey, Kent. Hello, Devin. How are you today? Fantastic, sir. How are you? Doing well. Good. i uh, got a question. I am a retired teacher here in the state of Texas. And, of course, we have retirement from TRS. And I have not uh, started drawing on my Social Security yet. Okay. My wife and I are both retired educators. And what we were looking at doing is delaying it as long as possible and then applying for the benefits that we can get from Social Security. Earlier this month, I sent off to Social Security, and they sent me a uh, statement. Now, at the top of the statement, it says at your current age, I would receive $1,543 a month. Uh, first part of the question is, have they taken into account the fact that I'm a TRS employee when they calculated this? Okay. Not likely. No. In fact, if you read down on the statement, there's probably some verbiage there that says that if you have a pension from non-covered work or work where you did not pay into Social Security, then that estimate is not going to be accurate. They they just don't okay. know about the non-covered pension, or in your case, this TRS pension, uh, when they send out those estimates. And so there's there's no way for them to know how to reduce your benefit. Now, on my earning records, I had something interesting. It's the first entry, and it says years you worked. It says 1966 to 1970, and it says your uh, taxed Social Security earnings at that time were $192. Um, that $192, would that be a sum for the, the four-year period, or would that be considered $192 for 1966, 1967, 1968? Have you ever run into that before? So what you, what you must be looking at then is the new version of the statement. So does your statement, does your statement version that you're looking at there, is it uh, white and blue or is it the old white and green version? Oh, golly. I can tell you it's not white and blue. Okay. Well, that's fine. The reason I say that is I'm blind. Okay. (laughs) Well, that's fine. So here's, here's what you have to know. Uh, The old earning statements would have all of your earnings spelled out year by year. Uh, but now what they're doing on these statements is they're showing earnings by decade for some of the older earnings. And then they're they're truncating yeah, some of those earnings. So it's probably just the new style that they're putting on there. And so, no, that would be the total amount of earnings for that period, not per year. Okay. <clears throat> I tried using the, uh, the web calculator that they had at the website, and I put the numbers into that. And... Tried to follow the directions that they had, and I ran off the report on that. And on that, what it did when I asked it to do the calculations, it came up and said that I should get at age 68, which would be my next birthday, a monthly retirement benefit of 1653 And that's higher than what was on the published statement that I asked for at the beginning of August. Um, Again, it's probably that same caveat that as a TRS retiree, I will not receive that full amount. Or does the web calculator include that when you fill the information in? So you did use the WEP version of the calculator on the website? Yes, sir. Okay. And it asked you to put in the amount of your pension? No, it, it didn't ask me for what they sent me on theirs. What it is is it asked for the years and on the record, what was uh, the earnings per year? Yes, sir. And I entered all that, and when I entered all that, 
uh, I asked it to do the calculation, and when it did the calculation, um, it basically came out being a little bit higher at age 68 than what the statement from Social Security said I should get at age 67. Okay. It, it sounds to me like you may have used the regular calculator because the WEP version of the calculator will ask you for the amount of pension, and then they use the alternate formula to calculate that benefit based on your earnings. And so they look identical, except for the part where it says, how much is your pension? As I'm looking at the calculator, because I printed it off, what's it, what it is, it's entitled is Windfall Elimination Provision Online Calculator. Okay. And what I did is I, like I said, I tried to follow the instructions on that as I went through. Okay. And three or four pages into it, what it does, it asks you to, answer your earnings by year. And I took all that information off the statement that I got from Social Security, asked it to calculate. And then it says on the, the page, it says, here are your benefit estimates. It says your monthly retirement benefit. Um, you, uh, in case of your disability and survivor's estimates as followed, we assume that you will become disabled or die in 2021. Well, okay, I'm sorry. That's for uh, disability benefits or surviving and things like that. But it basically says that the anticipated retirement benefit would be 1653 and that would be at age 68. Okay. So, uh, it, it, Is there anywhere in that output that you're reading right now where you see anything about a pension? Oh, let me go back. Because it's possible that there was a box there and you just didn't put anything in. Therefore, they didn't calculate that you actually have the pension. There is a page that says non-covered pension amount. Okay, enter the monthly amount of your non-covered pension. And I put a zero on there. Okay. Go back, recalculate that, and put in the amount of your TRS pension. Okay. And that should give right, you the corrected calculation. That's probably where I messed that up. Probably now, so. <laughs> the last but, part of the question here, my wife is also a retired teacher. Is there a limit that my wife and I totaled, and I would anticipate getting separate payments from Social Security, is there a limit that we cannot go above? No. For Social Security? Okay. No, there's not. As long as you both have your own benefit from your own work record, you'll each independently receive that, adjusted, of course, for the windfall elimination provision. Okay. Now, one quick thought I just thought about as I was starting to close out there. When it asks for the amount that be my benefit from TRS, it's basically talking about pre-taxes and things like that, right? Uh, yes. They want to know your gross benefit amount. Okay, total benefit amount. Yep. They want to know okay, your gross well, benefit. Let me go back and start recalculating that. And if I need more help, I'll give a call back. Perfect. Okay, Kent. Thank you for calling, sir. And coming up next, we have Joyce in Oklahoma. Hey, Joyce. Hi, how are you? Fantastic. Thank you for calling. Well, I've watched your videos and I'm very impressed with all the help that you gave me so far. I have one. Actually, I have a question for you. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm retired from the civil service post office. Okay. I worked as a po in the post office and uh, I had to take disability at 52. Okay. So, before I went into civil service, I worked a, a short few years and got Social Security benefits, which isn't very much at all. And um, I married, and my husband, he's uh, 78. And what I'm wanting to know, if my husband was to pass away, will I get spousal benefits since I was a civil service employee for well, Social Security? You could, but let me tell you how that's going to work, and then and then you can determine if you're going to get spousal benefits or survivor benefits or not. Okay. So since you have this uh, civil service retirement pension, 
This is the old yes. CSRS system as well, right? Where you did not pay That's Social correct. Security. All right. So correct. the Social Security Administration considers that to be a non-covered pension. And because that's a non-covered pension, you are going to be impacted by both the windfall elimination provision and the government mm -hmm. pension offset. Now, the windfall elimination provision applies to any benefit that you earn from your work. So if you're collecting a Social Security benefit right now from your work, that's already being impacted by the windfall elimination provision. All right. Now, the government right. pension offset, though, is specifically what you're asking about here because it impacts spousal or survivor benefits. So if you right. want to collect a survivor benefit, it's got to be high enough to be more than the amount of offset. And here's the way it works. Take two-thirds of your right. pension. So let's say if your pension is $3,000. Take two-thirds okay. of that, so $2,000, and you'd subtract that from any spousal or survivor benefits from Social Security, and whatever's left, if there is anything left, is the amount of benefits that you would receive. You'd receive, okay. Okay, that sounds uh, good. Um, I had, I didn't have any idea if I would since I had, I had worked a little bit, you know, and, and I get a small Social Security check, very small, because of the years that I did work and pay out Social Security. But I didn't know, you know, if he was to pass away, if this would um, benefit me or not. So well, I will do the math. Now you know. And, um, I thank you very much for your answer, and I've enjoyed all your programs. Oh, you're welcome, Joyce. On YouTube. Thank you so much. You have a good day. You as well. And up next, we have Willard in Oklahoma. Hey there. Hey, Devin. Great show. <clears throat> I got thank a you. quick question. I'm sure it's easy for you. Uh, are past wages adjusted for inflation? Like my my question specifically, in 1987, I'm looking at my uh, earnings record. I earned uh, $13,800. I was enlisted in the Air Force. That was my last year. <clears throat> I got out, started earning more money, and now I'm back to uh, hourly job, and I expect to make around 18,000 this year. So my question is, will my earnings in 1987 get bumped? by my income now or has it been adjusted to be worth more than the 13000 that I earned in 1987? All right, Willard, good question. So let me walk through the Social Security benefits calculation real quick so we'll know the answer to this. And, and you can take this back to your own uh, earnings record and understand which earnings are going to count and which earnings are not. So when they are calculating what your benefit amount is going to be, they take all of your historical earnings into account, but they inflate all of your earnings up to age 60. So that's everything up through age 59. They add an inflation factor to it. And the inflation factor is contingent on the average wage index, all right? And the specific average wage index in the year you attain age 62. And they use the one two years prior to that. Now, so all ages through 59 are indexed. Earnings at 60 and beyond are used at face value. And then once they have all of those earnings, they know what they are, then they extract the high 35. And then that high 35 is what goes on through the calculation to determine your benefit. And so if your current earnings now replace any of those years in your high 35 calculation, then it will bump the low earnings out and replace that. So, I mean, you pretty much have to be a math wizard to figure that out to, or have a 
records of the inflation factor, right? No, uh, thankfully not. You can go to the Social Security website and you can just uh, do a quick search. In fact, if you just do a quick Google search, indexing factors, SSA, you're going to come up to their main page that's going to show you what uh, all the indexing factors are based on your input. And the only input you have to put in is going to be the year you want to show factors for. And you just put in the age you turn 62 or the year you turn 62, and it's going to go back and show you all the indexing factors. And then all you have to do is just take your actual earnings, multiply those by the indexing factors that are shown, and you have your inflation-adjusted earnings. So no, it really okay, doesn't so require a lot of a lot of math at all. Okay, so it's just one set indexing factor based on my age. That's right. For age sixty-two. Okay, that's it. All right. All right, sir. Well, thank, thank you. you for calling. Good luck on uh, good luck on the working out the earnings. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. Well, that wraps up today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, if you found today's show valuable, would you mind leaving me a review? I read every one of them, and I assure you, it's very much appreciated. Oh, and you should also know that, yes, I'm an actual practicing financial planner, but I'm probably not your financial planner, and I'm certainly not your tax or legal advisor. So before you take any action with what we talk about today, you need to consult with your own advisors. I'll be back with another episode soon. 